Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life, defending President Trump, endorsing him for a second term as president. That's what I want to speak about here tonight. Important information coming out from attorneys general throughout the United States, some of whom I've been privileged to know and uh, been with recently, as a matter of fact, with some of them. And uh, I want you to know about something that they have said about this whole unfolding story about the raid on Mar-a-Lago and the legal motions going back and forth. There's a lot of developments here. We need to be wise to what is going on, and I know that you already are, and that's why you tune in, because we talk about these things and help you to understand them even more deeply. Most importantly, we look at them through the lens of the Word of God. And so I want to start, as we usually do, with our reading and a prayer. We pray for America. That means praying for President Trump, praying for everyone across our nation, praying for those in leadership who are exercising leadership and praying for those in leadership who unfortunately are not leading but trying to destroy the country. We're praying that they will be voted out of leadership, ASAP, or will be given the wisdom to resign. Those are the motives of those prayers. But we also pray for you. Praying for America means praying for the intentions that we all have, the needs uh, that we all experience, And I'd like you to express them as well. Let us know in the comments how we can pray for you. But let's get on with our important discussions in the light of the Word of God. I want to talk about freedom as it comes to us in Leviticus 25. You know about the year of Jubilee. Leviticus 25, starting with verse 8, says, Count off seven Sabbaths of years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbaths of years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the Day of Atonement. Sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each one of you is to return to his family property and each to his own clan. The fiftieth year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines, for it is a jubilee and is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to his own property. Let us pray. Lord, you are the God of freedom, and you inspired our founding fathers to pursue freedom to pursue freedom from tyranny, to pursue freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press, the freedom to address grievances against the government. You called them to establish a form of government where the people govern themselves and give to those who have authority the right to govern only with the consent of the governed. Lord God, we understand government does not get any better than this. These principles 
cannot be improved upon when we talk about the equal dignity of every person, their rights granted by you, the Creator, the purpose of government existing to secure those rights. Lord, it does not get any better than this. And that is why we rejoice that we are the only nation still living under its original constitution. We rejoice that indeed we are the nation to which more people come from around the world than to any other destination. We are the nation grounded in principles that are timeless and that are a beacon of light and freedom to all the world. We rejoice that these principles are rooted in your glorious gospel of freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, your word says, there is freedom. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the freedom of religion. We thank you for the freedom of speech. We thank you for the freedom that we all have to come together and to chart our own course, to build our own families, our businesses, to do the mission work that you call us to do, whatever our particular calling might be. We thank you for the freedom to follow it. We thank you for the freedom to follow your commands, that no one would ever try to force us to do what is wrong or to violate our conscience or to deter us from worshiping you, O God. Bring an end to tyranny across all the earth. Bring an end to oppression. Bring an end to the culture of death. Bring an end, Lord God, to all that destroys and threatens the dignity of the human person. And may we rejoice in the greatness of this nation as we stand with one another, with our founders, with President Trump, and above all, Lord God, with you. Because as President Trump himself has reminded us, we worship not government, but only you. Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Important document I have here in my hands. You may have uh, heard about this. In the United States Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit, Donald J. Trump versus United States of America on appeal from the United States District Court for the Southern District of Florida, a brief issued filed September 20th, 2022, of the states of Texas, Florida, Indiana, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Louisiana, South Carolina, Utah, and West Virginia as Amici Courier in support of Plaintiff Appelli. What this has to do with is the ongoing court proceedings related to the Mar-a-Lago raid. Just to review, and as you know, the raid took place and the uh, special master was appointed by the court in Florida to say there has to be, in the light of the extremely unusual circumstances here and the degree of public attention brought to the raid of the home of a former president. It's never happened before in American history. There should be a special master appointed, and the court uh, granted that, to look at the documents that were seized in the interest of fairness, because what we have seen here is a lot of unfairness, 
to see what these documents are, whether the government should be allowed to continue even looking at them, or if there are things that need to be returned right away to President Trump, or in the course of their seizing of these documents, if things were taken in violation of attorney-client privilege, all right, things that communications between the pre uh, former president and his attorneys, or executive privilege, which of course every president has, and were any of these documents taken in violation of those things, we already saw an overreach. Well, even in the release of the highly redacted affidavit, which was submitted to um, the magistrate in order to get a, um, a search warrant, the heavily as heavily redacted as it was, we were still able to see how unconstitutionally sweeping it was. You have to be very particular. We've gone over this before. According to the Fourth Amendment, you have to be very, very particular. If you have a search warrant, it has to specify precisely what is being searched for. This was 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 too broad. So, well, you know, anything that happens to be around, you know, go ahead and take it. And we already know that they took things that they weren't supposed to take, like his passports. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's been ridiculous from the very beginning. So now, in other words, the special master was appointed. The Department of Justice was told by the court, hold off on your, you know, rifling through these documents. Just hold off. Let the special master look at these documents and decide in an impartial way uh, what should or should not uh, be part of this uh, quote investigation. And I put that in quotes because all of this is a fake anyway. And then um, they gave him until November 30th to, uh, uh, to do his job. Okay. Now, what does the Biden administration do? Well, what do you think? They're weaponizing the Justice Department. They're weaponizing the FBI. They're, they're making these entities of government, which are otherwise quite valid entities, they're making them useless. They're destroying the trust. This is an important point. They're destroying the trust that the American people should have in these institutions. I'm speaking in, uh, theoretically now. Why should the American people be able to trust these institutions? Well, because otherwise, how do you pursue justice? If the FBI, for example, in, in trying to root out crime and trying to conduct legitimate investigations needs information from the American people. If they're not willing to cooperate with FBI officials because they don't trust them anymore, well, you undermine the whole system of justice, right? I mean, they're not going to be able to get the job done without some measure of trust on the part of the American people. Well, that, 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 that ship has sailed. That train has left the station. The trust is destroyed. Boy, these people did a lot of damage. And when I say these people, Biden administration and every single person down to the agents who went there to Mar-a-Lago who cooperated with such a blatant violation of the Constitution. There's reason for the lack of trust.
So backing up, this takes place. Biden administration now appeals to the 11th Circuit Court to say, no, 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 no. We can't let the special master, you know, delay this process. We need to continue with our investigation with these documents and so forth. So now, I mean, when you've got these court proceedings appeal, you can have friends of the court, right? Amici. I've been an amicus in many different cases, our organization, Priests for Life. Uh, an amicus is somebody who has interest in what's going on in the case and wants to speak to the court and give their perspective and their arguments on one or another side. So these states that I just named, their attorneys general have come together and sent to the court this document that I have in my hand. It is a very interesting document because it says the Biden administration can't be trusted. It says we're not just saying this because it's our opinion. We're saying this because there's a pattern of behavior that has been on public display throughout the entire administration and then these attorneys general go through several examples. This is one of the most fascinating briefs that I've ever read. Um, and let me just point to a couple of the examples that they give. Okay, so basically what they're saying to the court is, uh, well, let, let, me, let me read these opening uh, sentences here. It's a well-established axiom that men must turn square corners when they deal with the government. But an important corollary to this principle is that the government should turn square corners in dealing with the people. Okay, so you have, a, a, you know, powerful government forces. And you've got the people who are the ones that the government is supposed to be serving, right? They govern only with the consent of the governed. So what it's saying here is, you know, when there's a dispute, everything has got to be conducted carefully and fair and square, okay? Turn square corners. The latter principle, it goes on to say, is a key assumption undergirding the presumption of regularity. Uh, what this means is that when if an investigation is being carried out and people have certain duties that they have to uh, uh, perform, that people who are entrusted with certain responsibilities, you, know, you presume they're doing their responsibilities the right way, unless there's evidence to the contrary. And what this brief is saying is when it comes to the Biden administration, we can't give them that presumption because, and then they go on to list the different ways in which they have misbehaved. Let, let me uh, uh, read again their own words. In this sui generis case, that means unique case, okay, it's in its own category, there is reason to doubt that this presumption of regularity should be afforded to the decisions of the Biden administration in connection with the raid of seizure of documents from the personal residence of President Trump. The district court recognized as much by appointing a special master to review the set of documents at issue and by refusing to accept the government's conclusions about the contents of the seized documents. Okay, in other words, they both, they pushed themselves in, right? They raid the place, take these documents, 
And the American people are looking at this and saying, where is this coming from? This never happened before. We have a Fourth Amendment against unreasonable searches and seizures. And then the government expects us to just sit down and keep quiet and say, oh, don't worry, we know what we're doing and everything's okay. Not so fast. And these attorneys general are saying not so fast. Why? Because here they start giving these examples. Uh, Take the administration's resort to procedural gamesmanship to overcome adverse judicial decisions. And then they use the Texas versus uh, Biden case. Okay, Um, The memoranda, a district court vacated two memoranda issued by the Department of Homeland Security. And this had to do with the um, uh, uh, let's see what um, oh there's so much here um, uh, the provisions of um, uh, this was in regard to immigration the provisions of the Immigration and Naturalization uh, Act the Biden administration appealed the final judgment but then. Two days before oral argument at that time in the Fifth Circuit, issued two new memoranda saying it was replacing the ones that were already vacated. And then a few hours later, issued a motion arguing that the case was now moot because the administration was entitled to the the court's ordered being vacated because now it had issued a new memorandum. In other words, they're trying to constantly sidestep the procedures of the court in order to get their way. Um, repeated gamesmanship in its decision-making at all phases through the administrative process in the district court and on appeal. The court concluded that the administration could not uh, could not do this. Uh, you know, there's something called the Administrative Procedures Act. You know, when the executive branch takes certain steps, makes certain rules, makes certain uh, uh, decisions, and it always has to be under existing law, they have to follow certain procedures. There's the administrative procedures that they have to follow, and there um, a lot of this litigation back and forth is. Um, violating that. There was a bunch of rules that had been set forth by the Trump administration. Furthermore, uh, one of them had to do with rules defining a public charge under under federal immigration law. And um, the Biden administration uh, comes in and stops defending these rules. They stop defending the rules, and then they um, uh, begin coordinating with certain plaintiffs, dismissing a bunch of cases, and then try to take refuge in a single judge's uh, dismissal of these rules. And again, the the circuit court says, you know, this was a, a coordinated settlement that was highly inequitable. And they said, again, this is uh, an effort to avoid this Administrative Procedures um, Act. 
Then you had the situation with the Centers for Disease Control. And remember the uh, the nationwide eviction moratorium uh, during the during the uh, during the pandemic. The, the 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 court says, oh, you exceeded your authority uh, in doing this. And the Biden administration, after the the uh, um, the eviction moratorium expired, boldly moves ahead despite the uh, judgment of the court and introduces another one, reimposes it, starts it up all over again. And then the president said, well, the bulk of constitutional scholarship says that it's not likely to pass constitutional muster. In other words, here's Biden admitting that he's acting unconstitutionally. But then he says, well, by the time it gets litigated, it'll probably give some additional time while we're getting that $45 billion out to people who are, in fact, behind in the rent and don't have the money. What? Aren't you supposed to act in a constitutional way in carrying out your duties? No, no, no. Let me do something that I know is unconstitutional, that'll get challenged in court, that'll get struck down, but then that'll give us time to you know, get money out for these people that we don't want them to be evicted. Is, is that the way to, to, to conduct a government? Is that the way to respect the Constitution? I don't think so. Neither did the court. I mean, this kind of stuff. And they go on and on with, with other examples. Oh, this one we're well familiar with, right? The government working hand in glove with social media companies, applying pressure where necessary to censor online content that it believes constitutes disinformation. And then it mentions their effort to set up for a while that disinformation governance board, which 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 prompted such a severe reaction from the public that they had to uh, put that aside. But my goodness, all these and other examples that this brief goes through, and it's not excessively long either. This is just uh, a dozen pages. But what they are 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 doing is this: they're saying these attorneys general, given this irregular behavior, this attempt to sidestep courts and laws and rules by the Biden administration, this gamesmanship, as they call it, this track record supports the district court's refusal to just take the good word of the government that they're doing everything right when it comes to the raid of Mar-a-Lago and about the contents of the documents. Oh, no, no, don't worry. It's important that we have these documents. Says who? Just you? We're just going to take your word for it. After all this kind of pattern of behavior that uh, you really don't care about what's right and what's fair. You're just concerned about how to get your way. So they, these uh, uh, attorneys general say, under the extraordinary circumstances of this case, the court correctly set aside the presumption of regularity usually afforded 
to government officials. That was, in other words, appointing the special master, okay? You're setting aside this presumption that those who were doing their job did it the right way. You know, don't have to, the government isn't entitled to that presumption as an absolute. And especially in a high-profile, highly unusual case like this, they say the court should affirm that careful decision. So this brief was just introduced, really interesting stuff, and we'll see now how the 11th Circuit Court deals with this. Um, You and I are called to, as Americans... Defend constitutional principles, defend justice, defend fairness. And you and I are united in our defense of President Trump. You know, as he has often pointed out, he's been investigated so many ways, but so many times, from so many directions, by so many people, spied on in different ways, put under a microscope by Congress and by courts, and yet... He comes up clean every time. And he says in his speeches sometimes, you know, I must be, I don't know, my friends told me I got to be the most honest man in America. Who's been investigated more? And they, they come up clean. I can tell you here today, clear and direct as a member of the clergy, that I come to the same, exactly the same conclusion. This has got to be the most honest person around. And his family, too. And today, as all this other stuff is unfolding, we see, and I've talked about this person before who should not be anywhere near any kind of public authority, the Attorney General of New York, uh, launching in some kind of grandiose way this lawsuit against President Trump and his family. Um, What what an absolutely... Uh, self-serving thing. She campaigned. Now, you don't campaign for your position as attorney general. Now, I'm originally from New York. The amount of corruption in that place and the blood that stains that land. It's a land of abortion. One of the the biggest, together with California, another blood-stained land, the blood being on the hands of a certain Gavin Newsom who should head as quickly as he can for the farthest country he can find. These people have no business seeking any kind of justice for anybody because they don't know the meaning of the word, and their actions prove that. This attorney general is acting like a piece of garbage. It, 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 it campaigns. You don't campaign on, oh, I'm going to sue a private citizen, much less a former president. Oh, I'm going to sue this person. That's my campaign promise. That's the way you're going to serve the people of New York. You're not serving anybody. You're not serving anybody. Go, go, go to Africa, would you please? Some country that we don't even know the name of. That's where you belong. Both of you. Take the same flight. Newsom and Newsom can pick her up in New York and get the hell out of here. Because these people are sick. They, they come up with these things, right? And it's like, oh, look at me. It wasn't this great. You know, I'm suing, suing President Trump. There's nothing there. You're wasting your time. You're wasting our time. You're wasting taxpayer dollars. You're wasting the time of attorneys and judges and courts. What in the world do you think you're doing? 
You're not going to find anything that anybody else hasn't already found over all these years. And, and it's like, for what purpose? If these demented people think for one minute that they have any ground to stand on, and, and I include all of them, all of those that were involved in the raid, plotting for it, scheming it, FBI director, all you people are just, you know, you're unworthy of the office that you claim to exercise. If they think for one minute that they can stand on ground of saying, oh, President Trump has harmed us in some way. Look at the depths of the blindness. I, I would say, first of all, governor of California, you act, you act like a piece of garbage too, like the garbage that's all over the, the streets up and down your state. And attorney general of New York, you demented uh, 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 failure of an excuse for a leader. What you are doing here exhibits a blindness unlike anything I've ever seen. What I would like to see the two of you do, and I know that it's difficult because I'm saying a long sentence here and it's probably far past the time of your ability to understand any of it, is do what President Trump did with his salary during the time that he was president. Do either of you have, you know, the, the slightest ounce of courage to, to do that? No, no, you love your money too much, right? Give away your salary to various agencies of, of service and uh, help to the American people. Now you can start with that. Document it, publicize it, do it. And secondly, the blindness is just amazing. The blindness to leadership that has helped and blessed millions of people that were lifted off of food stamps, raised up out of poverty, given, and this is under the Trump administration, right? And we forget so quickly what happened the greatest economy the world has ever seen in any nation, thanks to what President Trump, his policies, and his team accomplished, people being raised up, the most, not only the strongest, but the most diverse economy, with the benefits being given to people uh, of minority uh, backgrounds, who nevertheless found new opportunities for themselves and their families and their businesses, unlike they had ever had unemployment reaching record lows clear across the board in every demographic, how quickly we forget. And even if we remember, these people, like, like uh, the Attorney General of uh, New York, have the unmitigated gall, audacity, blindness, sickness to stand up and, and say, oh, well, this man, to say in one way or another, they say it in all different various ways, oh, this man has, oh, this man has harmed us. <laughs> this man has harmed us. Listen, you do more harm in one single day 
Letitia James and Gavin Newsom and all your whole crowd of clowns and losers and enemies, by the way, enemies of America. You're not servants of America. You're your enemies. You do more harm in one single day than Donald J. Trump and his family have done in a lifetime. You live more dishonesty every single day than he has lived his entire life. And you are more full of filth on any given day than you think you're digging up on him for a lifetime. And brothers and sisters, I cannot possibly be more convinced of what I'm saying to you now in in any way, shape, or form. Could not possibly be more convinced of this. And I know that you are too. So let's pray for America in the midst of these enemies that we have in certain positions of leadership. Lord, we know that there are enemies throughout the world, enemies of freedom. We know that there are sick and demented tyrants, that there are terrorists, that there are all kinds of schemers and plotters who, 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 who do not believe in liberty, who do not believe, oh God, in you. And they are all, they are all around the world. And we defend ourselves against all enemies who are foreign. But Lord, we defend ourselves against those enemies who are domestic. We defend ourselves against enemies who are domestic. The biggest danger that our nation faces right now, not from terrorists, but from those exercising certain government positions and defy America, defy liberty, defy fairness, defy your law, O God, These are our enemies. Lord God, we pray for America. Rid us of public officials, public servants who are not serving the public. Awaken your people to such an extent that the outcry will cause people to put their hands over their ears, that the outcry will be so loud and so sustained that two things will happen. That first of all, these hypocrites, these deluded people in these positions will be forced to resign in disgrace. And that if indeed their eyes are so blinded and their hearts are so hardened that they do not resign as they should, that Lord God, your people, will vote them out of office at the very earliest opportunity that these names are on the ballot. Lord God, free us from public servants who harm the public instead of serving the public, who impose injustice instead of seeking justice, and who, as this brief that was submitted to the court this week indicates and outlines, who play games with the law, and who try to evade their responsibilities under the law. We make this prayer with love for America and with a commitment to your truth. And in the name of Jesus the Lord, amen. 
And now let's pray together the words that he gave us, encompassing also your intentions as you have been indicating them to us in the comments. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, thanks for uh, joining us. And uh, t- look up this um, this brief. I think you'll find it interesting to uh, read for yourself. And uh, and let's pray for the good uh, good outcome of uh, of these of these legal proceedings. And meanwhile, we're praying for you. And keep in touch. Connect with me on social media at fr Frank Pavone and with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. And remember, as President Trump always tells us, we are part of the greatest political movement in American history. This country doesn't belong to those who are trying to destroy it. It belongs to you. So go forward with confidence and realize America's greatest days are yet to come. God bless you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Father Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.